Hello, you're listening to the C to Z of Movies. It's our special 123rd episode. I'm the Colin, I'm the C. Join me from Malaysia, Zijan the Z. Happy happy 123rd episode, Zijan. Special? Why, why is it special? Uh, well, it's 1, 2, 3, isn't it? That's, that's, a, that's a landmark, isn't it? No? Is that it? I thought you always come up with something more clever with that, numbers. Uh, dear me, no. Um, I... Uh, <laughs> In my in my church, when I was in, I lived in Coventry, we had a special 123rd anniversary celebration. So clearly, someone thought it was an important thing. Is it not a multiple of two primes? Uh, it is. It's three times forty-one. There you go. Okay, there. The maths lesson for the day is done. Yes. I mean, if we do a celebration for every single episode, there's a multiple of two primes. We might have quite a few, but that's fine. Um, today we're talking about Wonder Woman 1984. Um, while Zijan works out the prime factor of addition of 1984, uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're also uh, doing a quiz on the Muppets films. Uh, we're looking at the uh, film The Lost Weekend, which won a Best Picture Oscar many years ago, and much. Much more. Uh, Zijan, what is the prime factorization of 1984? Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I'm pretty sure my Excel spreadsheet can come. <laughs> uh, but two anyway, somewhere. something more relevant to this sure. podcast yeah. is that... Uh, what's my first bit of news? It's not a lot of news, by the way. Um, Chris Evans may be returning to the MCU as Captain America. That just goes to show how 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 little news there is when there's a maybe. I think it's quite likely that it's going to return to the MCU as Captain America, but it's not set in stone yet. There are these stories going around, and, and Chris Evans tweeted news to me, and then a shrug emoji, <laughs> um, which I don't want to pour cold water on your your uh, on your main news stories, Ishan, But yeah, I don't know where this is all coming from. I I would be I would be very surprised if he doesn't come back at some point, but he's not coming back now, is he? He's probably he, not. It's barely been any film since he, since he left. I could see him coming back in definitely in ten years, maybe in five. But I, I don't. I'm, I'm again probably just for a few a cameo rather than Captain America four or anything. Yeah, of course. But I, I can't see him coming back. But then, if they're doing all this multiverse stuff, maybe. Yeah, maybe. he could be a different Captain America. Uh, I mean, he played a villain in Knives Out, um, so he can do the villain yeah. Captain America. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Thing. Uh, um, what do you reckon of the the chances of him coming back to play Johnny Storm? <laughs> Zero. Zero. I don't know. I could. I definitely could see them not as a proper like Fantastic Four movie, but when they're doing the multiverse, look at all these people from different places. I could see him doing a cameo. If well, bringing back the original four. Bring back the original four. I reckon they could have them for like literally thirty seconds or a minute or something. Just as, as part and then of they something. meet the new four. Yeah. Well, probably not coming back. <laughs> and then oh, yeah, not, meet yeah, the proper four, the, the MCU four. Yeah, I mean, I can't see, I can't see the the fan four stick four coming back, but um, but maybe. I do. I feel like that's a part of their careers they all want to forget. Or is that is that where Kate Kate Mirror met Jamie Bell? Yep. Uh, maybe. So I guess they've, they've got that going for it. But, um, yeah, one good thing. Sure. But yeah, because uh, if it's like, whoa, Johnny Storm looks like. Captain America. Whoa, Johnny Storm, that other guy looks like Killmonger. It's going to be... <laughs> Quite confusing. It's going to be a strange old time. You never know. Um, speaking of uh, superheroes, let's do the superhero stuff up top this time. Um, th- this caused a bit of a stir on Twitter, but basically uh, DC have confirmed that Michael Keaton and Robert Pattinson are their two uh, Batmen. Are the two, they're going to have parallel Batmen. They didn't use the word Batman. And various people uh, got very cross that that means that Ben Affleck is out. But I mean, come on, we we know Ben Affleck is out. Uh, he doesn't seem like he wants to be in anyway. No, he doesn't. Like he he's just doing reshoots just because. But that's it. Mm. So, uh, I I kind of got the picture that Michael Keaton in, in the Flash movie was there for one movie, but it sounds like they're kind of, they're kind of properly bringing him back. Oh, interesting. Are they doing like a multiverse? Well, they can do a multiverse, right? The Flash is a multiverse, isn't it? So they can have two Batman side by side if they wanted to. It's, I mean, I think that's what they're doing. They, say, uh, uh, they did the multiverse very well in TV, and I think they're doing it in a film now. It, it does feel a bit like, let's do what, what, um, what Marvel are doing, but let's rush into it really quickly. Because, uh, I mean, if, if Marvel came out and did a multiverse in their eighth, tenth movie or something, you'd be going, what on earth is happening here? Whereas they, they've waited 25 movies or something and, and it makes sense now. So I don't know. Yeah, that's the DCEU way, isn't it? 
<laughs> it certainly is. Anyway, so yeah, Michael Keaton needs backpack back. Um, huh. Nice. It'll be good to see him back. Um, he's only done two Batman films and a so Man far. Film. And a Birdman film, yes. Yes. Um, so yeah, who, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? My, my last bit of superhero news is something that I mentioned before this podcast is that the Giant Little's Morbius is now coming out in October. It's been delayed again. It was supposed to come out in March. And mm. of course, our best laid plans <laughs> on mm. our spreadsheet where we plan oh, all our podcasts uh, across yeah. the year has, has gone awry. It has, and I suspect not for the, not for the last time. No, definitely not. Um, <laughs> yeah, Sony moved quick on this one. Um, they've pushed that back. And... Uh, yeah, I, I've, I've reorganised our spreadsheet. You'll be pleased to know. I'm, I'm pretty sure Morbius has been kicked off the schedule, actually, because I think the, the new October date clashed with something better. No, good, um, good, good. I'm happy for that. <laughs> good news for everyone. Yeah, uh, all right. <laughs> but, yeah, this is... I'm still a little bit confused about the, the timing of the Spider-Man Homeward Bound uh, slot, because previously it was going to be after Doctor Strange, and now it's going to be before Doctor Strange. And I think, surely, if they're so in, tightly connected, you can't do that. So then maybe I reckon Sony might move everything back a bit, but who knows? By the way, Colin, I like that you call Spider-Man Three Spider-Man Homeward Bound just by default now. That's our <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's our official name for it now. Um, I seem to be ending every piece of news just by saying who knows. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of them. Yeah. Speak. Uh, last bit of um, superhero movie news um, is about uh, the, it's about the Flash again. Uh, Ray Fisher, who uh, played Cyborg in Justice League, uh, is not going to be in uh, the Flash and is not uh, a happy man in general so uh, i've not been following this too carefully but maybe listeners have um he uh, accused various people of, of uh, joss whedon in particular of, of um of being abusive on set and um he's now accused various other people of trying to cover up for joss whedon and try to cover up for jeff johns who's also involved anyway long story short he said that he wouldn't appear in any dc movie whilst walter hamada remains the president of dc films <laughs> and dc said Okay. Well, we're going to keep our president, not you. So uh, he's he's gone. And yeah, he definitely. I don't think we've had. Yeah. A big gamble there, isn't he? Like. <laughs> it's a strange him. one because he's he's saying that all these people are kind of um, being. I mean, he's made uh, accusations of racism and cover-ups and stuff. Although I've seen, I don't think I've seen any actual concrete allegations he's made. I don't know nope. whether he's saving those up for something else, but um, for the actual for a court case or for a tribunal or what what it is. But I don't think we've heard the last of this one. Uh, quite yet. No, if he was a more famous actor as well, or not someone who's just you know getting started. Like, I have no idea why he's been in before this as well. No, I mean this. This Justice League was his first film. Um, he's done TV stuff and and, and continues to do TV stuff. But um, I mean, he's burnt a lot of bridges. He does. Uh, we we don't know. This is. The, I mean, again, I, I spend too much time on Twitter. A lot of people coming out saying. Stand, I stand by Ray Fisher. A lot of people saying the opposite, saying, "Oh, you're making this stuff up." And it's like, well, no one knows, do they? I mean, or well, some exactly. people do, but, but we haven't got a clue. So. It's one man's word against the entire studio. Yeah. So, uh, who knows where this one will end either? But uh, mm. flat, um, so the, the cyborg is out. Apparently, they're not recasting. They're just going to cut cyborg from the uh, for the film. I'm purely in film terms. I don't think anyone's going to miss cyborg. Um, there, there is a cyborg right now, isn't there? In um, one of the DCEU uh, TV series. Oh, in, ti- well. in Titans. Is there a cyborg is in Titans? Ti- no, um, it's a Titans spin-off. Oh. Um, okay. I can't is remember one what it was. In, what's the one that Ben uh, Brendan Fraser? Yes, playing? Brendan Fraser was in it. Yep, that's the one. In d- Damage Control. Oh, I can't remember the name of that that series. Um, yeah, I, I've not seen it. Although I think Brendan Fraser just voiced it, doesn't it? So he, um, he does. He does. Yeah. He, he probably hasn't met anyone else in it. Anyway, uh, good, good, good for them. There's, there's cyborgs all over. I think because there's obviously a cyborg in Teen Titans. Who can forget? Um, but yeah, in, in, in Justice League terms, cyborg had nothing to do. Although a lot more to do in the in the Zack Snyder version. Uh, it sounds like. Oh well. Well, I wish him luck. If this Flash film ever comes out. Okay, yeah. he's not in it. Oh, um, so non-superhero mo- movie news. Um, so with the success of Netflix making The Prom, there are more musical films coming up on Netflix. The next one will be Matilda, the musical. Was oh, that uh, on Netflix? All right. Yeah, that's coming out on Netflix. It's hugely popular in the UK. I've actually seen it in, <laughs> in the West End. Uh, oh, it's yeah. still going. It's still playing now. It has the music from Tim Minchin, which I do like. Uh, I like Tim Minchin's stuff. Uh, He's very witty, uh, and his songs are always very clever. Um, Emma Thompson has joined the cast. Um, mm. 
as well as Lashana Lynch. You will remember her as Maria Rumble from Captain Marvel. Oh yes. Um, she will be playing Miss Honey. So if yeah. you could remember the Rodolph uh, books, uh, Miss Honey is the teacher that is kind and caring and takes in Matilda. Hmm. Yeah. I I remember the book. I remember the the Dan DeVito film back in the day. I did like that uh, film though. You didn't. I did. I you did. did. I did. Um, yeah, I've not seen it in in many many years. But I seem to remember quite enjoying it. And uh, what's her name from uh, uh, Miracle on Forty Third Street or Forty Second Street or Thirty Fourth yep. Street or whatever the street <laughs> is? She's there. She's in it. Uh, she is. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Matilda the book anyway. In general, like there you go. Um, uh, and um, yeah, and sometimes you say playing Miss Trunchbull uh, in that. I've not seen the musical. I don't know anything about it really. Um, it's, full, it's the same story, right? <laughs> We're just with songs. We've added songs. <laughs> Superb. Um, nah, Spamalot, speaking of musicals, Spamalot um, is a musical based on the works of Monty Python and we're getting a film of it. Um, so it's a little, it's one of those kind of slightly back and forth thing because they, they're inspired by films and now it's becoming a film. But um, Do you know Monty Python much? Did that, did that make it to Malaysia in your uh, life? It definitely didn't, but no. I've seen Spamalot, the musical, twice. Actually. Ah, oh, um, fair enough. And it's very funny. Uh, I can't imagine anything from Monty Python is. I've seen The Life of Brian, and I love that as well. I think that's hilarious. Uh, mm. Yeah, um, I, I am a big fan of Monty Python comedy in general, and uh, Spam A Lot is, uh, is brilliant, but I yeah. do worry how it comes across on, uh, on film, though, because, for example, uh, just to give an example, mm. because Monty Python is quite meta, isn't it, when it comes to his comedy, it does poke fun with a lot of things. Um, a lot of the things that... Um, the Spamalot musical does is also poking fun at musical theatre. Oh, okay. Uh, because halfway through the musical, the Lady of the Lake will come out and sing about what happened to my part. I used to be the star of this show, but now I'm nothing. <laughs> okay. And you can't really show that on film. I don't think it comes across that well. No. So, so either you kind of completely re- retool it for, for film and make all the... I mean, basically, re-script it to make the jokes about being in a film rather than that, or you lose the impact. Yeah. Exactly, and one of the nights, the their holy grail is to create a musical, as you can imagine. Right. <laughs> uh, to write a Broadway musical, so again, it's, it's it does the, it works as a musical, but hmm. not too sure whether it'll work as a film. I must admit, I'm not really a Monty Python fan. I I like Holy Grail. Um, I like bits of Life of Brian, although I have I'm somewhat conflicted about it, as you might guess. Yeah. Um, but the 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 TV series. I've seen. I never really enjoy that uh, stuff. I mean, they've got. It's like they've got a couple of well, a handful of really like classic, hilarious sketches that everyone loves. Although I think the impact has been lost by seeing them so often. But uh, yeah, just so much of it is is miss for me rather than rather than hit. But there you go. Um, I'll probably uh, watch if it gets good reviews. Uh, anything else, Caesar? Um Yeah, I don't know whether you haven't touched on this yet, but Aaron Sorkin, your favorite. Uh, will be directing the Lucille Ball film. I didn't uh, know that. Oh. With Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem to set to star. Ooh. Yeah. Is he and is he writing as well? Do you know? I guess he must I, be. Oh. I think so. I think he was intending. He was supposed to be writing it, and not directing it. But now he's on in the director seat as well. Okay. Um, yeah, I think it's called uh, "Being the Ricardos," which takes its name from the couple's on-screen married name, and it's set right. during one production week of "I Love Lucy." Uh, when Lucy and Desi, her husband, face a crisis that could end their marriage. Basically, Ooh. that's where it's at. I, I know very little about I Love Lucy. Um, again, Me too. Uh, uh, not being uh, an American. But uh, cool. I love Aaron Sorkin. I'll definitely watch that. Um, sounds like a strong cast as well. So, good. Good. He likes to um, move his narrative. I, I imagine so things like Trial Trial of Chicago Seven. He had lots of layered narratives and different points. Social Network yep. did it brilliantly. So I guess he'll probably might do that again. Uh, yours, yours seems like doing things in quite tight periods of time, like Steve Jobs, where it's kind of just three different evenings or three different days. So doing all in one week kind of fits uh, fits in with his style. Mm. Um, David O. Russell is back. Uh, he's making another film. He was kind of the hottest director in Hollywood for a brief period when he did. Uh, uh, Silver Linings Playbook and American Hustle, um, and then kind of died away again. But listen to the cast on this uh, this new film about which we know almost nothing. Uh, okay. We don't, we don't know the title. We don't know the story. But we, all, it, we already knew that Christian Bale and Margot Robbie are in it. Yep. 
by the way, every time I mention Margot Robbie, uh, my brother Simon texts me to say, um, why didn't you say uh, Neighbours star Margot Robbie? <laughs> um, so for your benefit, Simon, Christian Bale, uh, Neighbours star Margot, Margot Robbie. Uh, okay, but the new, newly announced are Rami Malek, Zoe Saldana, John David Washington, Robert De Niro, Mike Myers, Anya Taylor-Joy, Timothy Oliphant, Chris Rock, and Mike Myers again. I've written him twice. Um it's wow. it's quite a it's quite a big cast. It's quite, it's quite a, a, a starry cast. cast. Well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Robert De Niro. He's been in uh, a few of Dolores Russell's. So he's in both ones I just mentioned. I think maybe not in a huge role in this one. I, w- I would guess. But yeah, and you tell joy the, the currently big thing. Um, John David Washington off the back of Tenet. Tenet. <laughs> uh, yeah. Be nice to be in a role where we can hear him. But yeah, Christian <laughs> Michael Robbie. It's it's a it's a great cast. So. Uh, oh. To see if you can bring back the magic. I've got nothing left, Colin. I've run out of. Cool. I got nothing. Although, apart from the fact that I, I just wanted to mention, because last episode we did our uh, film. Well, part of, part of it was films we're looking forward to next year. Uh, maybe it was two episodes ago. Whenever we did it, and uh, I realised I didn't mention "Don't Look Up," um, which is a film I'm looking forward to, but it doesn't have a release date, so this is why I forgot to mention it. But uh, Netflix put a trailer this week of. Um, the fact that they're doing a new film, a new, I guess, a new original film every week of 2021, uh, and we saw the first clip from that. So Leonardo DiCaprio and, and Jennifer Lawrence together. So I'm looking forward to them. Um, we move on to to see or not to Zed, uh, where we tell you about films we've recently seen and tell you the listener whether you should see them or not. Zed them, Zijan. Hello. Uh, what have you been watching? I've been uh, well. I've been watching Netflix, given that nothing's coming out in the cinema sure, sure. again. Yeah, so I've been watching some old films, um, and you will be happy, Colin. Oh yes, I've still not you, watched Castaway. You've watched Castaway? No, oh. not yet. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you, you got the old bait and switch. You really happy there? You really? I happy. know. <laughs> I, I watched quite a bad film. I watched Leap Year. Oh yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Uh, it's awful, isn't it? Um, I'll be honest. It is. It really <laughs> and yet, is. I think I, I watched it at a time, I can't remember when I watched it, but I was I was feeling a bit low in general, and it kind of cheered me up. So Did there it you go. really? Did it? It's just so I mean, it's, many stereotypes it's a terri- in It's a film. terrible film. Um, yeah. Like, the charm of Amy Adams can't you know, make up for such a boring, even pointless story. Like, oh, <laughs> why, why would you even make a film about this? Um, I, I don't want to go into too much detail on this, just don't watch it, guys. It's on Netflix, Amy Adams... Isn't it? But it's not a good film. Um, <laughs> my do you want to cover the basic premise or anything? Or no, is that do it? I, do I, I want you? to? Um, uh, I mean, don't have, you don't have to. A- Amy Adams went all the way to Ireland to propose to her, her boyfriend, played by Adam Scott, actually, um, because uh, uh, apparently on okay. the leap year, oh, yeah. the woman is allowed to propose to their uh, well, <laughs> partners. On, it's, it's, a, it's a tradition in, in Britain, certainly, I guess, Ireland as well, that on the, the, the women can and maybe elsewhere, women can propose to their boyfriends on the 29th of February. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that's the premise. Uh, and they try to fit a whole story around the premise. Which... Well, she falls in love with Matthew Good instead. Yes. Spoilers. Exactly. Who, um, I did, I, he said that uh, he did this film because he, his family were living nearby. Uh, and he wanted to go <laughs> see more of his family. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that that goes to show you shouldn't watch films just because you know there are good actors and actresses in it. Mm. My 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 parents have been doing that recently. They've been watching some really really bad films with Sean Connery in it because they love Sean Connery. All right, <laughs> but yeah, they are awful films. They are awful awful films. I don't I don't I heard of half the films that Sean Connery has been in. But yeah, uh, I've been watching uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Ever? Uh no, not that. There's okay. the one with a dragon in it. Oh yes, people love that film, don't they? I've not seen it. Really? Oh. Is it Dragonheart? Is that that one? I have one? no idea. Well, my parents seen it. Um, and the better film which I saw just today was uh, Baby Driver. Ah, yeah. Just um, oh, you've not seen that one before? No, I've not seen that before. And it's oh, out on no. Netflix in Malaysia because uh, I don't think it's out in Netflix in the UK anymore. But it's right. it's great. It's so good. It's so good. A great film. Uh, is it Ansel Elgort who plays the lead yeah, character, yeah. who is the getaway driver? Who plays music? Who listens to music while he drives his car? It's shot beautifully. Um, the music is awesome. Uh, I think Edgar Wright spent a lot of time uh, choosing the music for that film, uh, and you can tell the the the, the music choice is just oof, hmm. very nice. 
And it's uh, uh, it kind of plays out to the the beat of the music, doesn't it? I mean, exactly. Not, yeah, I, I yeah. love that they do that. It's hilarious. It's done so well. It's done done so well. Oh, and that's it. One to watch, Baby Driver. One not to watch, Leapier. There you go. Um, I've been watching quite a few, but I'll stick to a couple of them. One of which is the Aeronauts, which is on Amazon Prime, and I, I I've been meaning to watch it, but um, I, a while ago, but it, it was on Prime, and I had a Prime uh, month over Christmas, so I snuck it in just at the end of the, the month. Uh, it reunites Eddie Redmayne and Felicity Jones from the Theory of Everything. Theory of Everything, that's it. Um, and they're playing uh, well aeronauts, which I think is a word that, um, the character made up. Basically, uh, people in a early weather, well, in a hot air balloon, but going up to, to, to take weather readings and stuff, uh, advancing the science of meteorology. Uh, and yeah, Eddie Redmayne is a scientist who has got no money, and, and Felicity Jones is someone who has access to a balloon and um, <laughs> uh, and is. I'm not, not entirely sure what her, her job is. But, um, it re- whatever it is, it relies on getting um, audiences to be very excited. So when you see her coming in, she does all these kind of big kind of waves to the audience and stunts like where she throws a dog out of the balloon and his parachute opens and the audience goes mad and stuff. Um, it's it's not bad. I mean, it's it's it's. Uh, I can't say it's up there with theory of everything. Um, I think at first, Felicity Jones feels very miscast as this kind of big, larger-than-life, uh, crowd-pleasing actor but then you kind of as it, as it moves on you see that that's kind of a facade and you say oh, okay i get it i get it mm-hmm. uh but yeah it's good good effects good um nice kind of cozy little narrative but it's um some of the the dialogue is horrifically expositional particularly early on when they're saying all the scene of it it's, it's some very poor dialogue and it's the kind of film that does a lot of kind of i just love science kind of dialogue um which i also i won't go into it but i saw radioactive which is a story of marie curie and there's a lot of that in that one as well, I felt like I was watching two films back to back that were just a lot of people saying how much they love science uh, a lot of the time. Uh, but yeah, I think the Aeronauts. It's it's it's. I can't I can't say go and get Prime for it, but if you've already got Prime, it's free to watch. I think yeah, why not? Uh, they're both very good. Uh, but I also watched Ten Cloverfield Lane on on Netflix, uh, which huh. is. Do you know? Do you know what it's a film that I thought you would watch? No, I some of it I must know. I watched from uh, from. Uh, behind my hands, it was. It gets, it's, it's very tense. It's, it's a girl, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who uh, gets in a car crash, and when she comes around, she's being held in this uh, basement by John Goodman, and uh, uh, and he tells her that the world has gone kind of. There's some sort of weird, crazy event up there, and so a lot, of, um, which means that you can't go outside. And he's very vague about this, uh, and so a lot of the film is trying to figure out like, is he lying or is he telling the truth, and what's what's going on? Um, and there's another. Uh, guy down there as well, uh, played by John Gallagher Jr. Uh, yeah, it's as a very uh, tense um, kind of really ratchets up a lot of the uh, uh, the, the drama, and, and uh, yeah, it's, it's it's good. It's I feel it kind of loses its way a little bit. I think um, one one too many kind of back and forth because it's like ah, he's he's lying, always oh, telling the truth, always oh, lying, always oh, telling the truth, and you get kind of a lot of, of both and a few maybe a few too many twists and turns, uh, and. Uh, it wasn't originally designed to be a Cloverfield film. It was originally designed to be just a low-budget thriller, um, psychological thriller, I guess, called, um, called The Cellar. And it was, fa- I think it was after it had already been filmed that they decided to rename it 10 Cloverfield Lane and put in a put in a shot of um, a, a mailbox that had been knocked over that said 10 Cloverfield Lane on it. Um, which, which is, again, slightly weird because it, it kind of gets knocked over and lands in the frame and it, as if it's this kind of big reveal. But it's like, well, I, I know the title of the film. I don't... This isn't this isn't a reveal anymore. Um, so I think uh, if it was called The Cellar and then you find out it's a Cloverfield film yep. after an hour and a half, that's that's pretty cool. But yep. that's not what happened. Anyway, it's yeah, it's good. Um, I'd say it's the best of the Cloverfield films, being in mind that I've not seen the third one, but it got horrendous reviews, so I'm going to assume it is pretty bad. Uh, bad enough that I think they've stopped making them. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, that goes for most horror films anyway. Yeah, I mean... I kind of like this idea of it's um, films that are kind of in a shared universe or or, or, or shared theme, but not necessarily sequels. I think so. There's no, there's no. Yeah, it's not a sequel to the original. Really, it's just kind of maybe happening in the same world, maybe not. Right then, that's it. Uh, So some kind of lukewarm recommendations for me and uh, and Zijan tells you to all rush out and watch the Amy Adams classic Leap Year. That's what I've understood from that. Um, we move on then to Wonder Woman 1984 
Uh, it's been long delayed. It finally came to Malaysian cinemas and yep. um, UK download. Of course. So yep. I had the great joy of paying fifteen ninety nine to to watch a film that I could normally see at the cinema for a fiver. Fifteen ninety nine. Fifteen ninety nine. robbery. It's absolutely outrageous. I mean, if if I was gathering my family around to watch it, good value. Sitting by myself watching it, uh, I was very annoyed. Uh, anyway, yeah. Dijan, what, tell us, uh, what is this Wonder Woman? What is 1984? What is the prime <laughs> factorization of 1984? These are questions we all want to know the answer to. Uh, so, um, directed by Patty Jenkins, who did the first uh, Wonder Woman film, we see the return of Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman and Chris Pine as Steve Trevor. Uh, their newcomers are Kristen Week as Cheetah and Pedro Pascal as Maxwell Lord as well in this film. Uh, it's set in 1984. Surprise. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, that's the gist of the that's story. That's the gist of it, no, fair enough. Um, yeah, exactly. Been... Like, um, until we go into more details, um, as usual, we'll be doing non-spoilers at the beginning and then spoilers yep. afterwards once we start shouting about it. Um, I can preface this uh, this review by saying that when this film first came out, uh, the critics were very happy with it. They, they, yeah, there were yeah, some yeah. exceedingly good reviews about it. But the longer the film <laughs> was out, the more lukewarm the reviews became. Yes, and it's, I don't know where it is now, Rotten Dawn's, but it's, yes, mixed reviews, I think, is, is fair. Um, on the, and with ever, as ever with these things, there are now some people saying it's the worst film ever. But, yeah. Uh, Shall we? I mean, do you, want, do you want to start by saying how we felt about it, or do you uh, want to get, get, to, get to that? Okay. Well, I start by saying that I'm very disappointed in this film. Um, okay. Wonder Woman yeah. is probably my favorite of all the DCEU films that has mm. come out so far, and this is definitely a step backwards in so many ways, which we'll go into details mm. um, later on. I thought, I thought in general, this film was just a mess in so many ways: tonally, pacing, yeah. um, story, plot, um, even the acting was all over the place um, it's just uh, I, I, there's so much that I wanted to I want to critique on it but <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll get to it we'll get to it, we'll get there, I, yeah. it uh, I guess in, in brief I agree it, um, it was it's a mess um, I, I was expecting it to be because I'd, I'd seen some of the well the, not the actual reviews but the headlines and the scores and stuff so uh, but yeah mess is the main word um, friend of the sh- friend of the podcast James Scott um, wanted me to mention his review um, which is that it was poop <laughs> that's, that's, that's his uh, that's his summary um, but yes it's Wonder Woman like you I think Wonder Woman uh, was my favourite DC film so far um, this uh, I was going to ask you later on where, where we let's do it now because why not I forget, I forget otherwise where, where would you rank it amongst DC films uh, it's pretty bad you know it's hmm. pretty pretty bad I don't think it's it's probably just above like Batman versus Superman and um, Justice League and right. uh, well actually there are quite a few bad DC films I'm just thinking yeah. oh yeah the Suicide Squad and Birds of Prey they're quite bad as well those are quite yeah. bad so I think it's probably better than those four but but definitely much much lower than like Wonder Woman, like Aquaman, like mm. even the first Superman film, or even like uh, Shazam. There's so much better yeah. than this Wonder Woman. It's just uh, I, I just didn't like it at all. I really yeah. like it. I, I probably agree. I say it's nowhere near as bad for me as Birds of Prey, Suicide Squad, or Batman v Superman. I think those are all really bad. Um, I'd put it, yeah, like you, a long way below uh, Wonder Woman, Shazam. Uh, uh, I'd maybe put it equal with Man of Steel, which I didn't really love. Maybe a bit below. Suddenly, yeah. But it's, so it's kind of a mid-ranking DC film, which means it's a bad film. I think yes. it's probably where we. So let's go through the cast then. So Gal Gadot, as you say, um, and it's been all these years, and I still can't quite settle on a pronunciation. But let's go with one of those. Um, she's quite, quite a limited actress, I think. Yes. Um, which she was absolutely perfect as Wonder Woman, kind of this wide-eyed, naive, but also really strong and pure and kind of yeah basically everything she was in the first film she was spot on and I don't really watching some of this I thought I don't know what she's trying to do here and whatever it is it's not working but she seemed quite contemptuous at times which I don't think was what she was going for Mm. and just quite blank a lot of the time she's lost a lot of the charisma and charm that Mm. she had in the first film I, I don't know whether it's the choice by the directors or her, her mm. acting capabilities or not she just did not carry this film as well as yeah. she did the first like she 
like this this film doesn't feel like a one like a Wonder Woman film. It just felt like she was just there. Um, yeah, I mean, it felt like a Superman film at times. Clearly, we don't have a a Christopher Reeve style Superman at the moment, um, and she felt like particularly in the early scene. So, the, the, well, the, the the kind of second scene, I guess, is she, Wonder Woman in, in a shopping mall, um, beating up bad guys and stopping them from robbing a place, and it felt very Superman to me. Some of that. But, I mean, let, let's let's talk about that scene. I'm not going to bounce around a bit, but so because I got a lot of questions about this film, Zijan. Um, me not, too. Me I'm too. not anticipating you being able to answer them. She's in a shopping mall. Um, she is, as I say, she's stopping a robbery. She she flies in with her lasso of truth and she wows all the shoppers. And then she decides, I'm going to smash these CCTV cameras when she's already been there for a few minutes. And later on, she kind of sh- just puts her finger to her lips and shushes this, this um, little girl as if to say, keep this to yourself, this is a secret. If... If you don't want people to know you're Wonder Woman, or even that Wonder Woman exists, why are you wearing such a distinctive costume? <laughs> <laughs> that's my first question. I, I like that that's your first question, Colin, because there are much, much harder questions that are coming out from this. Yeah. Well, because it, it was that early where I thought, is the idea that people don't know about Wonder Woman? Because she did this in quite a big open mall, and fair enough, she's told this one little girl not to tell anyone, but another easy another hundred people saw her <laughs> <laughs> and she didn't smash the cameras before she arrived she smashed the cameras after she'd already arrived and beaten up one guy I think so yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that's how cameras work as well I'm pretty sure they have that recorded like just smashing off cameras wouldn't help a bit maybe in 1984 I don't know but, uh, uh, I, so yeah, I don't understand I mean she her, cost, her costume unlike other costumes it doesn't conceal who she is really does it so I guess nope. maybe that's their way of trying to get around that but. Uh, I don't like this scene at all. I just find it very pointless. Like it was comical, and this this was the part where I was complaining about the tone of the of the mm. film as well. Because this part of this film, we will be going to be jumping around the place quite a lot. But this part of the film yeah. felt very comical. Like he she threw the little girl into a giant teddy bear. Yes. And she threw the bad guys around. They they went into hoops and stuff, and they yes. got themselves into yeah. weird tight messes, like only like a slapstick comedy show. It was just bizarre. It's such a bizarre choice because none of that comedy ever happened again in this entire film. I, it was such a bizarre choice to put in there. That's the second. I, I, I guess that's what felt me a bit like the Chris Jerry Superman, some of the comedy stuff, because I think that you'd have that kind of tone. I have a. I don't know if this is true, but it feels to me that either this was a late rewrite or maybe even a reshoot when they realise that we don't see Wonder Woman in the Wonder Woman costume for an hour and 20 minutes um, <laughs> apart from this scene and I do wonder whether there's someone saying we need to see her actually be Wonder Woman um, before that because I was, I was amazed I looked at the time and said it's an hour and 20 before she's actually Wonder Woman uh, wow. apart from that which is, uh, which is nuts in a Wonder Woman film uh, so before that we had the scene in back in Thermoscura where she is as a what a eight, girl? nine, ten year old, whatever it is. Oh, yeah. Um taking part in a in a very weird <laughs> I don't want to pick apart the opening. Course. So it's an obstacle course. The, there's a crowd of people gathered to watch the first five minutes of it and then to watch flags for the rest of it. Which which show when people are running around and doing all this stuff where they're shooting arrows through things and like I mean I'm amazed more people didn't die on that obstacle course. <laughs> Because there's a lot of sharp edges, and people <laughs> quite deliberately trying to knock huge logs into the heads of other people. <laughs> they're they're quite tough, though, aren't they? These Amazons. I suppose they are. Yeah. I suppose they are. Uh, dear. I, anyway. I have to say though that that first scene in Temescura, it's quite long. Eleven minutes. Eleven <laughs> minutes. I I was watching the time a lot in this film. Oh my goodness, that felt forever. But <laughs> it probably had the best action scenes in this entire film. Maybe, maybe, yeah. I, I mean, pointless, pointless action scenes. Pointless <laughs> action scenes. Because what oh, she yeah. had to learn was, um, she fell off her horse or something, and then she tried to take a shortcut. And her mum was that mum? Someone was like, "Don't take shortcuts, because the truth is important. If we don't have the truth, we have nothing." Or something. Uh, Eleven we, minutes just to tell us that. Yeah, the, some of the dialogue in this film was really poor. Um, the, uh, I, I. 
it doesn't if if you want to have like a kind of a vague reference to truth then you've got about 15 of them in this film it's a, yeah okay uh, but yeah you're right it, it was quite a good action scene it was i mean some of the some of the physics seemed a bit off uh, but yeah, it was it was some, and it ran for five, yeah, 11 minutes is nuts but yeah okay hmm. so that's Gadot. Let's go a lot. Um, let's talk Pedro Pascal, Maxwell Lord, Max Lord. Um, he's he's basically um, he's he's Donald Trump. Um, Pretty much, yeah. I can understand the modern day allegories. <laughs> yeah, well, not even modern day. I mean, that's what Donald Trump was in the eighties, really. Is he? Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, he was kind of this brash, um, publicity hungry businessman. That's kind of what he did in the eighties um, and and beyond. But that was um, where he was, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I I liked him. I thought he was he was good. He was over the, over the top. I have no idea what his character arc was or his character motivation, or, nope. or I, really what he was trying to do at all. I definitely do not understand why why he was trying to do it all. I agree. The motivation the motivation is just uh something. I have no idea what that is. He does chew the scenery a lot though. Like, like some scenes I find him very unwatchable. Um, right. Maybe that's maybe that's what they're trying to get with. Like, I just can't find. I just something that just very very unwatchable. I just don't like the way he, he he just behaves. It's just ugh, very uncomfortable to watch. Um, well, I guess that comes back to what you said about tone. Because like, if if that's if that's the tone of the film, then then that's great. And I I say I quite enjoyed it. But if if it doesn't match Gal- what Gal Gadot is doing at all, um, it doesn't match a lot of. I mean, the Chris Pine stuff necessarily. Well, not too much, I suppose. But um, uh, and it certainly doesn't match the first Wonder Woman tone but then that's he doesn't have to do that no and uh, Maxwell Law in the comics is um, uh, a guy uh, the f- first and only person that Wonder Woman has killed I think I've mentioned before mm. Um, mm. and on, on on TV as well he has the powers of uh, mind control which doesn't happen here something no. similar no. happens but I think they're trying to draw some stuff from the comic books but clearly not everything and he has this kind of weird plot line with his son um, who less? I mean, yeah, okay. Uh, who uh, he kind of doesn't want to see in <sighs> his favorite too, and doesn't seem to understand at all, and um, and then decides he loves. Spoilers for that, but I think you can probably see it on going. Well, he did. Oh, I, I I don't get it. I don't get him at all. I don't get his character at all. I don't get the point yeah. of him being in this film at all. I mean, you could do it without him. Well, interesting. Interesting, because let's move on to, to Cheetah then. I can't remember Barbara. Oh, that's oh. her name. Because um, I, I came out thinking we don't need we don't need Cheetah in this film. Maybe I mean maybe we're concluding you you only need one of them. But I, Cheetah to me did not affect the, the plot of this film in any way. Nope, it's a waste so, of a character as well. Because Cheetah is Wonder Woman's arch nemesis uh, in right. the comic books as well. Like uh, of all the comic book uh, villains uh, for Wonder Woman, she's the most prominent cheetah. Right. Um, and I felt it was just a waste of such a good character from comic books. And ah, uh, so Barbara is as Kristen Kristen Wiig is this kind of foot. Um, she she works in the museum with with Gargadot and uh, no one, uh, no one seems to notice her because um, she wears glasses. Because she wears glasses, she drops some paper and stuff, and everyone's like, "We're not helping you." Because we don't know, no one knows her name. Blah blah blah, uh, and she, well, she wants to be kind of like she wants to be cool, like uh, like Diana. Oh. She makes a wish. This is all about wishing, by the way. This film. Uh, she makes a wish to to be cool and strong like Diana, and she becomes strong. And later, she wishes to be a big cat person, because <laughs> you know. Even watching the trailer, I thought, because I think we at that point we knew it was all about greatest desires and stuff, and I was like. Whose greatest desire is to be a, a, a cheater? <laughs> I don't... Maybe. Because uh, I, I don't know what you can do in life um, as a weird hybrid cat person that you can't do as uh, as what she was just before that. A kind of really strong, uh, good-looking, powerful, uh, exactly. fulfilled exactly. woman. It's such, that um, feels... That seems better. That, that to me. <laughs> yeah, definitely does. And like in the comics, for example, Cheetah doesn't get her powers like that. Obviously, she okay. she was she got a cursed talisman or something from uh, the Cheetah Goddess. Uh, so obviously her powers have to be tied to the Cheetah, mm. no matter what. Um, but in this case, you're correct. Like, why would people choose to be that? Um, and Kristen Wiig's performance, like at the beginning, it just felt like an SNL skit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
at, at the beginning when she was all bumbling around, it just felt like Kristen Wiig doing an SNL skit. It just felt yeah. like it, she grew on me in the end, but at the beginning, it's just really bad. And it, and again, it, and it, I know what you mean because it felt a bit like Gal Gadot was in a, an SNL skit and not knowing <laughs> what to do. You know when they get actors in who never do comedy and they, they just don't know how to, how to be funny. It, it really, they, they felt like suddenly the early scene felt like they had no chemistry, um, no chemistry at all. Like it, as, as, as a partnership, well, it, that did get better, I think, when they had the meal together and stuff. I think like that, that, that grew, but mm. but yes, we'll, we'll come back in spoilers to to exactly what goes on with Cheetah. Um, yep. And the way in which she has no end to her, her character arc, it just stops. Um, we'll get to that. Chris Pine is back. Uh, Chris Pine is the best bit of this film. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's my. Like, um, I we can argue about whether the way he comes back is mm-hmm. a good way of him coming mm-hmm. back, and, and the internet has been up in arms about that. Yep. But I would say that Chris Pine is probably the the best thing about this film. I like I like his relationship with. Uh, Diana, hmm. uh, even though obviously it's a f- like decades later than <laughs> than when they first met, um, but I think like I, I I like the chemistry together. I like the fact that I, I I can understand where they're going with the film, like Wonder Woman being so uh, selfless hmm. and wants something for herself for once. Hmm. Um, I I get the story arc, you know, like I think that gives a lot of depth to a superhero like who's always being selfless um, and wants. To be selfish for one for someone that they mm. love and I, I you know if they you know just hold in on that and you know yeah, stuck to that I, that would work yeah absolutely and I, I, so I, I agree I think that their relationship is good it was, it was a strong point in the first film um, I think yeah I agree entirely because there was so much other stuff clutching up this film and it's a long film it's over it's, it really is uh, what two hours forty or something but um, the the, even so, their relationship didn't really get enough time to grow because it, you kind of get the the joy of them being back and figuring that out, and then suddenly it's like we need to go here to get this, and we need to do that, and we need to go here, and we need to fly this plane and stuff. Uh, now, if I if I'd come back from I died in nineteen sixteen or seventeen or something, and I came back in nineteen eighty four, the thing I would be most amazed by would not be the, um, the fashion. I don't think I don't think that'd be what I'd be dwelling on. And sure, they get to go. He go to go and see stuff like oh, men walked on the moon. Cool. Um, hey, there's a subway train, which I think already existed in the 19th century, but never mind. Um, <laughs> but they they devote quite a lot of time to what do people in the 80s wear, which I don't I don't feel I don't feel is something that we would we needed that much of. Uh, yeah, I do agree. Look, look um, at this I- weird art in the park because. There was no such thing as art in the in the nineteen tens. <laughs> this whole nineteen eighty four thing didn't work with me. Uh, I don't get the point of setting in nineteen eighty four. I don't get the point of wanting that particular decade apart from trying to milk all the nostalgia uh, TV shows that are out right now. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it, it was way over the top. Like when you know, with all the 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 the, the fashion and. Everything is just way over the top, and it's so unnecessary. It just distracts from the whole point. That this the story doesn't make sense. Yeah. I can see why they didn't want it in the same timeline because you you want to be able to do stuff outside of Justice League. Um, I can also see. I think so. My 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 revision to this film would say scrap Cheetah altogether and just make it about Gal Gadot, um, or yeah, Diana Prince. And Steve Trevor and Maxwell Lord. That's all you need. Mm-hmm. And I think the eighties is a good setting for that story because Max Lord is a very kind of eighties villain. I think this idea, kind of your Gordon Gecko, uh, Wall Street greed is good, um, businessman just wanting more and more and more. I think I think that fits if you give that enough time to breathe and actually develop those themes. <laughs> but they didn't. But they didn't. <laughs> um, I think we're even closer to spoilers. We haven't yeah. really covered the, the entire. I'm really not sure if this spoilers or not. Let's do it. I'll wait to spoilers. I will say one thing um, that I thought was hilarious. Uh, so they're trying to bring gods into it, and they, I, it, again, it almost feels like they forgot about gods. So at one point, they're like, "Oh yes, this was made by a god, the worst of the gods. So really, he's a, a liar." And 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 Diana goes through a list of names that the god has been given, and one of them was Duke of Deception, uh, which sounds like a wrestler's name to me. 
that just stuck out to me. I mean, she said it as quickly as she could. I think she was quite embarrassed by the name. But um, <laughs> Duke of Deception. Well, yeah. which which probably brings me to the spoiler bit of this uh, review anyway. So we should just say spoiler, 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 spoiler. Yes. Um, the MacGuffin in this film mm-hmm. is this wishing stone. Yes, made by a god. Made by a god. So in all the comics that I've read, and I've read quite a few, I've not heard of this random wishing stone. Okay. That uh, there's just this random wishing stone, and the thing is, most of uh, Wonder Woman's gods are all Greek mythology anyway. I mean, she mm-hmm. fought Ares in the first film to begin with, and she's supposed mm-hmm. to be the daughter of uh, some of the Greek gods. So Zeus, to just yeah, yeah. just hem in a wishing stone and not trying to tie it with any of the Greek gods that are out there, um, this wishing stone, as people can guess, is the monkey's paw, basically. Uh, and indeed, they say monkey's paw without really explaining it. They just assume everyone knows what a monkey's paw is. Well, I guess people do now. Yeah. I hated this MacGuffin so much. A stone that grants wishes. like It's like Aladdin. I, it's so it's so cheap. It, it's interesting. It feels I, very cheap. I felt it was done oddly when it got into I thought, all right, that's what I'm doing. But I didn't mind the concept. What, what I thought was odd, and maybe I missed some dialogue... You can you can tell me whether I missed this, but for a long time I hadn't worked out that the idea of this thing was that you can get your wish, but it takes something from you in return. Mm. Did they explain that early on? I just missed it. Nope. No. Maybe not. But it's from the God, from the, the Duke of Deception, right? So it's probably something. <laughs> it's the Duke of Deception, but because. Uh, because Maxwell Lord, he decides he he wishes to become that stone. <laughs> yeah, which, I know. Which um, the stone is very nice to him in that it takes it as his assumption to mean what he wants it to mean, which is people need to touch him to get their wishes. And he's going around granting his wishes, and I'm like, oh, what? That's nice. What a nice guy. Um, but it turns out he's doing it because he he can then take stuff from from them, and he can choose what it is. But it took me quite a while to figure out that's what was going on. And I think did I miss? It was I think it was the two hour mark before he actually explains that's what he's been doing. By which point we need to we already need to know that's what he's doing. But it just seems so odd to me that the that is fundamentally his his plot line is that he yep. does and if you're not gonna really make that clear Yep. That's crazy. I I, I I agree with you. Like I didn't know why he was granting wishes to everyone. Um right, left and centre. Uh the whole time. I don't I didn't understand why he wanted to be a stone. Because he wasn't explained correct <laughs> exactly. Hmm. Why why would anyone want to be a stone? Like uh wishing stone and grand wishes to other hmm. people it just made no sense. Like, yeah, you're correct. You only it was only explained right at the end. Yeah, uh just because I think the first time he did, he got loads of money or something for some no, he he took over all the shares of this company, didn't he? And I was like, How did he do how is that a wish he made? How did that happen? And that was because he got this guy to wish something he could take away once, but yeah, so badly explained. That's and so easy to fix as well. You think that's even if you've filmed almost all of it, you see all that thing. Oh, we forgot to put that line in. Let's just double line in somewhere. And I just, <laughs> honestly, who would touch a strange man and tell them their deepest darkest wishes? Yeah, I mean, in fantasy, he managed to get his way around most of the time by touching people and saying, "Don't you wish that I had loads of money?" And they're like, "Yes, sir, I do." Uh, Sometimes, uh, but not all the time. Like when he was talking to the Saudi Arabian uh, prince, he yeah, was touching true. them and saying, "Oh, so what do you want to wish for? What do you? What, who? Who does that? If someone touches me and asks me what I yeah. want to wish for, I would." It's <laughs> like I wish he'd go away. Um, <laughs> and, and notably, um, Barbara isn't touching him when she wishes to become an apex predator, um, but it happens anyway. So a bit of a bit of a gap in the in the logic there. And in the end, he touches everyone via TV. <laughs> Yes, yes, he does. Yes, he does. Um, the the last word of truth we discover in the end has powers uh, beyond just making people tell. Well, we discover part way through that it helps you see the truth as well. Apparently, it also helps Wonder Woman to talk to everyone in the world by by having lassoed Maxwell Lord. I don't, I don't know what's going on there. Um, shall we? Let's let's come to that a bit later because I I want to talk, Susan. I want to talk about the Chris Pine. Um, body takeover. <laughs> the one that Red is up in arms about. Mm. So, um, Diana Prince's greatest wish, which she thinks about whilst holding the stone, even though she doesn't actually wish it, but let's, let's assume she wished it in her mind, is that she had Steve Trevor back. Um, some people say that a guy you knew for two weeks, 60 years ago, you might have moved on, but no, I'm, I'm a romantic season. I'm happy to believe she's still in love with Steve Trevor. That's fine. Okay, that's fine. I'm okay with that. Uh, he comes back, but rather than just coming back, he comes back 
as a spirit in the body of some guy who looks kind of like him and and therefore she sees him as Chris Pine, Steve Trevor, whilst the worst of the world still sees him as some bloke. Um they spend some time together, shall we say, Jim? Um apparently I'm I'm assuming she pictures the rest of his body being being Steve Trevor, I guess. Um But it's not we Steve Trevor's body. I guess so. Um we don't know what happens with uh to this guy other than at the end he shares quite a flirty conversation with her saying how much he loves the snow or something or balloons or whatever it was um he doesn't say i i i've had a complete blackout for the last week um, which you'd think would be a uh, something that he seems very happy for a man who just discovered that he just woke up and discovered a week had passed and his flat was all changed and the world had come to an end or maybe no one told him that but I would like to be a fly on the wall in the writer's room when they all decided that that was a good choice. Because not only... I mean, let's be honest. Have, she she had sex with this guy um, against his will, and there's a word for doing that. Um, but it's also so incredibly avoidable. It really is. Just bring <laughs> Steve Trevor back yeah, without inhabiting I mean, someone random body. I don't understand... I was trying to think why would they have done this and, and the only thing I can think why you might want to do this is because you want to say we don't want anyone to see Steve Trevor but why would you care I mean they can all see Diana Prince I, and it's no not like someone's going to go Steve Trevor, you, look anyway. like, you look like some pilot no one's heard of from the from years First ago. World War <laughs> so yeah I I just don't understand it at all. And oh, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Oh, it's such an easy fix as well. Like, so many things in this film. Did they want to make sure he had... Oh, goodness me. It wasn't just so that they went, so that he had a wardrobe of 80s clothes, was it? This, this has just you, struck me now. But they're thinking, well, we need... If Chris Pine just comes back, he's not going to have hilarious 80s clothes to wear. But if he comes back as, a, as this guy, he's always going to own those clothes. You mean a bunch of writers... Who are creative people cannot come up with a good idea to put Chris Pine. I think they've gone to a shop. Eat his clothes. Like, I mean, come on. It's a, it's a classic, classic film trip. I mean, they're going to the shop and having the kind of the changing room montage. Yeah, do a montage. Uh, and the thing it's, is, right, like, I, I feel like they want to do another fish out of water because it worked very well for the first Wonder Woman, mm. where you see uh, yeah, yeah. Diana yeah. come into the modern world, and now you have uh, Steve Trevor looking in the 80s in, with bright eyes and all that jazz, but. Yeah, it feels which, like which works as an idea if you just bring back Steve. <laughs> um, I did see one thing that Patty Jenkins said that it was supposed to be some maybe some sort of homage to body swap comedies, but come on, not in that so, way though. So, so avoidable, so stupid. Ah uh, dear. <sighs> okay, uh, you've touched Diana, on that point. Yes. Can I touch on some other points that I want to please touch on? go for it? Yeah. So. Over this course of the film, they wanted to introduce a lot of things that Wonder Woman are, are, is known for, right? But they don't know how to do that properly. Yeah. In this film, to name a few, in the comic books, Wonder Woman is known for her invisible plane. Yes. So in this film, to do that, yeah. she suddenly has the ability to turn things invisible. Yes, she does. Um. <laughs> I mean, I, they kind of tie it back to her father managed to make Thermoscura invisible, so she tried to figure it out, which is fair. Okay, good. Uh, but yeah, that's weird. Also, the fact that Chris Pine can fly a plane in the 80s. And also, the museum just has some fully fueled planes lying around? Is yep, that what's happening? For, for people to easily steal and fly off. Okay, <laughs> <sighs> that's one of the one one, things. Yeah. Uh, the second thing that is... One who is famous for is also in the later films uh, in Justice League as well. She is able to fly. Mm. Did she fly in Justice League? She probably did. I don't remember. At, at the end of Justice League, I think it was. Or maybe even Batman v Superman. No, it was the end of Wonder Woman because it was a flashback, wasn't it? They did one thing. She kind of leaped out of this uh, tower and kind of kept leaping. I think. Is she flying or is she just jumping a long way? Probably. Leaping large distances yeah. like what I Superman think, was meant to. I be. think this is the first time we've seen her fly. Yep. But she picked it up. And to do that, yeah, by by listening to Steve about talking about letting the wind guide you, and sure. just shoot her in the worst possible way ever. Like, why? Why would you choose to do that? Like I get it that you want to introduce Diana flying for the first time, but uh, 
it's it's so weird um that, yes so heavy-handed i so so bad bad writing and the last bit that they want to introduce uh again in the comic books it's diana donning that armor yeah the, the yeah the golden chicken armor the one you see in the trailers mm. um yeah Which, again yeah she found there's some story about what's her name oh, not artemis some sort of Asteria. Um Yes. And I mean, I, if you love that armor, you must be very excited. If, like me, you've never heard of that armor before, it's like, oh, Wonder Woman's wearing a different costume that looks pretty dumb. And why is she only wearing the costume then? Like, why, why did she have that armor the whole time? Why is she. Why is she have just some sort of, Yeah, and to fight Cheetah, and, and again, I think at the start of the scene, she's trying to get through a doorway and Cheetah's blocking it. But during the fight, that doesn't seem to be a thing anymore, because um, she's quite she's standing right next to Doyle with Cheetah quite some distance on the other in the other direction, and still thinks they have to fight in such a way that Cheetah seems to be able to swing on electric cables, and yet then when the water gets electrocuted, she passes out because that's what happens when you get electrocuted. So weird. Um, I did did you stick around for mid credit? Um, yep. So you saw uh, Linda Carter. Uh, the Wonder Woman uh, of the 70s, 80s mm. um, is back as that name I've already forgotten. Asteria. I do Asteria. like that though. It's a good old match. Yeah, I, I, back when I was still watching Supergirl um, the TV series, Linda Carter played the president in that and she's not she's not a woman who's maintained an acting career shall we say. Mm. Um, I think yeah, it's a nice touch. It's a nice touch. It is but a nice touch. I'm hoping she's not going to be brought into it too much because I don't think she quite has the the chops for it. Well, uh, we? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Linda Carter. Um, <laughs> of all the things that's in the film, Linda Carter is one one few things that I like. Okay. Um, actually, we're talking about things we liked. You know, what I liked. Um, I liked the fact they explained the way in which Maxwell Lord was able to take over every TV in the world because that's a thing that happens all the time. The Joker did it in Dark Knight. Um, Zod did it in Man of Steel. It's, it's, it's a trope. And I don't think I've ever seen it properly explained before. So I was like, thank you. Thank you for explaining how he's taken these over. Oh, that, that made me happy. So are we going to talk about the, the end bit then? Maxwell Lord's touching everyone. Yes, yes, he's touching everyone so, through, the, through light or something. Through light. <laughs> so in the climax, pretty much what yeah. happens is that he's been granting people a lot of wishes, whatever they want. In the, mm. uh, the darkest, deepest desires, and the world is in chaos because apparently only everyone will make selfish wishes. No one in the whole world will make a selfless wish ever. No, ever. it's like that scene from um, Bruce Almighty, yep. where uh, he grants wish, grants everyone's prayers in that instance, and then everything goes wrong. Yes, yeah, so so okay, so we've 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 got this. We've the world is so greedy and selfish that everyone in the world is making selfish, greedy wishes. Um, including a, a throwaway joke where someone wants a, has, has wished for a farm, <laughs> yeah. which was such a clearly they'd hide some cows. I guess we've got to keep this in now. Um, okay, so the world is terrible. That's what we've learned from that. Yep. But what? But, but, but what happens next, Ian? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Wonder Woman is trying to uh, get everyone to renounce their wishes mm-hmm. because that, apparently that's the way to like stop stop this from happening. She's Just renounced. Their wishes. She's already renounced her own, which means Steve Trevor is gone. She tried and failed to get Barbara to, to renounce hers. Yep. Uh, she, so she, wasn't, she wasn't going for it. But. Apparently, uh, Maxwell Lord has developed some super wind powers as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> in the last period that we have not known of because apparently Wonder Woman is not strong enough to fight wind. Uh, <laughs> yep. How ridiculous was that scene? Like I was like, look at that. Like, she just fought a human cheetah by mm-hmm. swinging down electric lines and she yep. can't fight wind. And in fact, she's, my, my favourite action scene was the one where, um, you know, with all the cars driving along in wherever they were, um, some Arab country, I guess. Um, and uh, in that scene, she proved herself very strong and able to throw trucks around and stuff. But, but not not the way. Also, didn't seem to bother the fact that she completely revealed who she was to Maxwell Lord in that scene. But anyway, that was a good scene, but she seemed weak. Yes, weaker. Uh, Okay, so she, she's got her lasso around the ankle of Maxwell Lord. And she gave an impassioned speech. I'm going to say impassioned, like it was impassioned. When it was it's mostly not about, really. Yes. It's mostly about how truth is good. Yeah. Yep. And every single person, every mm-hmm. single person 
in the whole entire world. Which we've already established are all very greedy and selfish and only wish for greedy, selfish things, yes. Renounce their wishes. <laughs> including but, Maxwell Lord, who suddenly hears his son crying out for him. Mm-hmm. Who has been ignoring this entire show. Uh, yes, yes. Um, goodness me. So... Oh my god! I, I was watching that thinking... Well, for, there's, there's no way that everyone is going to renounce. They're going to be like, well, it's probably okay if I keep my millions of dollars. Or indeed, I wished that my that I didn't have cancer anymore or something. Oh, I guess I'm, I guess I'm going back to that. Oh, well. If it's for the greater good. Uh, yeah. That, that is... Ah, uh, oh, I wish I could curse on this uh, podcast. <laughs> honestly, like, I think it's made worse the fact that, you know, I was... So looking forward to this film, I was. Hmm. That's why it, it hurts a lot more. It hurts so much more. Like when I was watching like uh, Justice League, I was like, eh, it's okay. Like I mean, it's a Justice League film. What do you expect? Um, hmm. I was watching Batman vs Superman. Eh, like you know, I knew I was gonna hate it when I went to watch it. But this one, this yeah. one, oh my goodness! Ah, oh, it hurts. So the, um, yeah, the, so the cheetah storyline. Cheetah's just outside this building. Um, she's already said she's not gonna renounce her wish because she loves being yeah. a cat person. Um, we don't. I don't think we see her renounce it. We see her kind of ponder this. Presumably, she then renounces it, and who knows? Because that's the last we see of her. We don't. We don't get to see her back as Barbara. We don't know what happens to her. She's just still standing outside this cave. I don't know. Uh, uh. So I think I, I. What what does what is frustrating about films like this is that I think there is a good film in there that wasn't that far away. Um, I mean, it needs another rewrite or two. But if you get rid of the Cheetah storyline altogether, yep. and you give Max Lord some clearer aims... Goals. Yeah. And it's not... Because I mean, it just seems that he's like... Well, at first he's like... He, I, I kind of like this idea of he's this brash salesman on TV and he's talking about how he's got all this oil, but it turns out he doesn't have any. And it feels almost a bit like Electro storyline in, in Spider-Man but where he's kind of like this downtrodden guy who just wants to be respected and wants to have power and then he's like well I've got loads of power now I want to have all the power in the world not clear what exactly that means uh, but he just wants like, everything never never in the the point of his uh, the first bit that he ever showed that he wanted so much power like all this no no at least show it right like like never, like you don't see that at all. So like the whole change of motivations to wanting his company back, to yeah. wanting everything, it does not make sense. It doesn't make any sense. Um, they. So I'm j- jumping around now, but I forgot, I forgot to mention this before. But there's a whole thing about Wonder Woman is becoming weaker, um, because of because of her wish. I think the idea is that everyone is becoming weaker, but there's no evidence of that. I mean, she look. She's got some bags around her eyes at one point. But, I mean, she gets hit by a bullet, but but Wonder Woman isn't bulletproof. That, that's never, if she is, that's never been established in the films. So the fact that she gets grazed by a bullet, is that because she's slower than normal? I don't... Anyway. Mm. Anyway. Uh, it's a big shame. Um, we're getting a third one. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping they're going to bring someone else in to help with the writing of it. Because um, yeah. clearly, Patty Jenkins and, and Gal Gadot know how to make a great Wonder Woman film. They've done it. But uh, maybe the maybe there's too much pressure on being the the, the good one. I don't know. Um, what do you think? Where do you think they're going to go for the next one? Do you think? Do you think Steve Trevor back it, again, or are we done with that? No, I think it's time. They can't they can't bring him back again. Uh, I don't even know which century, or which decade they're going to do this. I think in. they've said modern day. Uh, is it yeah. before or after Justice League? I, I think it would have to be after, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Although, how much is Justice League still canon? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. It's about, if it's after Flashpoint, then you can do what you like, I suppose. I don't know, well, they Colin. Could, they could even use Flashpoint to bring Steve Trevor back uh, properly. I don't know. Yeah, well, mm. I don't know. I like all DCEU films. Like Wonder Woman is the last good DCEU film, and it disappointing me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm just not looking forward to it anymore. Sad times. Well, we have spent ages on that. Um, yep. We have no time left. We've got no time. So let's, we'll push back the Lost Weekend the next time. Okay. Uh, shall we? Um, but we do, of course, have time for the quiz. Um, which is about the Muppets and oh. their various different movies, um, which there have been a few. Uh, I believe we we drew at the start of the year, so this is our no one's ahead. Um, and I will give you the first question if I can just move my word document around a bit. 
Here we go. Um, what job do Kermit, Fozzie, and Gonzo have in the Great Muppet Caper? Ah. Uh, hmm. I'm going to guess comedians. Uh, no, they're investigative reporters. Ah, of course. Of course. Uh, question one. The Rainbow Connection from the Muppet movie was nominated for an Academy Award. Uh, who did Kermit reprise the song with in the 2011 The Muppets? Eventually leading to the entire Muppet group singing it together. Ooh, I've seen that film twice, at least. Um, who did he reprise it with? Oh, boy. Uh, Amy Adams? It's Miss Piggy. Miss Piggy. Hmm. Uh, question two. What was the first Muppet movie that wasn't a musical? Was there one which wasn't a musical? According to the first paragraph of Wikipedia. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> was there music in a Muppet Christmas Carol? I'm going to guess Muppets from Space. It was Muppets from Space. Very good. <laughs> question two. In the Muppet Christmas Carol, which Muppet took the role? Charles Dickens. And actors, oh. narrator throughout the film. Oh, I'm so annoyed because I saw that film very recently and I just don't know the Muppets. Um, oh, uh, is it Gonzo? It is Gonzo. Gonzo, <laughs> yes. Put it off of that. Yeah, no, I, I say I watched it fairly recently. Um, unfortunately, I had the word Gonzo in my first question. I just looked at the words in that and thought, yeah, that sounds, that sounds <laughs> nice. Uh, question three, who directed The Muppets Take Manhattan? Uh, that's Frank Oz. It is Frank Oz, very good. I missed uh, the days when you didn't when you didn't look at who the directors were, Asian. Yeah, that was before you keep asking me the same question every other quiz. <laughs> it's true. Uh, question three in the Muppets, uh, twenty eleven Muppets, who had a cameo as a receptionist of Miss Piggy at Vogue Paris, spoofing and reprising the same role in a prior film. That uh, was Emily Blunt. It is Emily Blunt. Uh, what kind of animal is Constantine, a criminal mastermind from Muppets Most Wanted? Uh, that's a frog. It is a frog. It is basically a Kermit, yes. Yep. Uh, question four. Which Muppet movie had songs that include Together Again, You Can't Take No for an Answer, and Somebody's Getting Married? Well, I haven't got a clue. Uh, the Muppets Take Manhattan. Yep, that's correct. Sweet. Okay. Um, okay, uh, question five. In Muppet Treasure Island, uh, which Muppet is Squire Trelawney? I don't know my Muppets, Colin. No, neither do I, really. Yeah, I've got to go with the bear. Is it Fozzy? It is Fozzy Bear. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> so it's 4-3. My last question to pull level, if I get this one. Ah, uh, you got this right, Colin, uh, for sure. In Muppets Most Wanted, oh. what's the name of the criminal mastermind who looks remarkably similar to Kermit? Okay, it's, um, that's Constantine. Hey. That's another draw. Jolly good. It always um, starts with draws, and then someone pulls mm. a hit. Uh, what are we quizzing on next time, Jason? We are quizzing on Pixar Shorts. Pixar Shorts? Ah, oh, does that mean oh. I have to watch Bow again? All the shorts. All the shorts before, then there are so many of them. But the good thing is, they're shorts. So they're they are short. short. You could watch them all. Um, I will, they're probably on Disney Plus, which indeed all the Muppets films are. So I've got, I, I put Muff, the first Muppet movie on my, on my watch list because probably that's good. Um, what's our main topic for next time, Jason? 2001 in film. 2001 in film. So uh, if you want to, uh, if you want to suggest any 2001 films, we should be uh, we should be commenting on. Uh, let us know. See the at gmail.com uh, and we will see you then. Bye.